Welcome to the podcast. Come be part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brannion, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Hey, Carl. It's me. Dad's not even wearing his headphones yet. Did you, why did you start without me? We're just going to march on. <laughs> we got places to go, people to see. She made, she made me come running across the room, <laughs> put my headphones on. Don't exaggerate. Gosh, my gosh. I'm, you started the podcast without me. <laughs> you were sitting literally a foot away. I And I was singing the theme song as it was going as right, a prompt. The, the last thing I heard you say was, I'm not going to do that. You're not ready yet. So you acknowledged that I wasn't paying any attention. And then you started without me. Well, that was supposed to be your cue to get ready. Good grief. Here we are. Uh, well, the, the thing that I know that for sure that I wanted to mention at the top is, first of all, vacate with comics, Carl. You have to come with us. It's so much fun. Uh, go to the website. And Which is johnbrandian.com. Johnbrandian.com. Is it actually, can you actually find it on there now? Yeah, you actually can. Why would I tell Carl to go and look for it if you couldn't find it? Hmm. I'm eating a salad. Why would I do that? So you started the podcast, and now you're going to eat a salad Mm -hmm. and make me carry it. Okay, Um, here's the thing. The other thing I want to... Go ahead. It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I've Mm -hmm. got to go to the gym tonight, and I still have to pack for family camp this weekend, which I think is what we were going to do. That was one of the things we were going to do was make sure we're totally ready to go on our talks for that. Okay. For family camp. Right, but we're not going to do that on this podcast. Oh, I thought that's what you meant. No. Okay. Uh, so, but I'm saying it's late. I'm just now eating lunch and my kids want to jump in the pool real quick because it is pretty hot today. Uh-huh. And, and I have more cleaning to do before we leave. We have to clean out the fridge and have a smorgasbord tonight for that purpose. So there's a lot to do. I don't have time to waste. Oh, here's what I wanted to discuss on the podcast. I said, we'll discuss this on the podcast. And then we didn't. I wanted to discuss bubbles. Mm, mm-hmm. I do remember. I want to discuss bubbles. Say no more. With I'm Carl. tracking with you now. Okay. So uh, set it up. Or do you want me to set it up because your mouth is full of chicken uh, salad? I swallowed my chicken. Okay. And now I can tell you. Well, what, I don't know what you want me to say. We went to the library on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Took the kids um, because they had a bubble show. Right. And I actually was confused about what was happening because last time it was a bubble truck. So it was out in the parking lot. This truck like like blows perpetual bubbles. The bubble truck is awesome. Mm-hmm. It is awesome. The bubble truck is is really great. Yeah. So it, he like leaves buckets all over the parking lot mm-hmm. with wands and stuff, so kids can blow bubbles themselves. And then also the truck plays music and blows bubbles and, and blows just enormous, copious bubbles. A lot of bubbles. They're, the bubbles are not enormous, but there's a large amount of them that come out of the truck. Right. They're regular bubbles. Right. They're not like flavored or right. or uh, especially big or no, it's just the numbers of. of them. That's the thing about bubbles. I mean, uh, uh, soap bubbles are cool. But they're especially cool when they're like gigantic size or when they come in millions. Yeah. 
if there's a lot of them. Right. But that's what I thought we were doing. I got them all prepared for the bubble truck. And then I get there and everybody's going inside. And so we went in the library and it was actually a show. So they had spread tarps on the ground and this guy, mm-hmm. Mr. Scott is Mr. His name. Scott. Yep. And he was going to do a bubble show. And once again, there was music involved and a bubble machine that was keeping, you know, keeping the bubbles going uh-huh. while, while Mr. Scott pulled out <laughs> larger and larger homemade bubble wands, uh-huh. it's progressively larger bubbles. And, uh, Mandy, maybe part of what I found so charming about it was your play-by-play that you were texting yeah, to me. Yeah, I was by myself. I didn't. Luke didn't go with us. It was just me and the four kids. And yeah. so I was off in the and corner. So she, All the kids, and I, not just mine, but everybody else's kids too, were down on the floor. Right. So there were probably like 50 kids down on the floor. So she sends a picture, and it's just a, picture, a couple of pictures of this bubble show, and the kids are sitting on the floor, and you can see the dude blowing a gigantic bubble. Mm-hmm in the background and uh they're just every single little head you all you can see is the back of their little heads mm-hmm. nobody is looking around nobody's looking at each other nope. they are all fixated on what's going on and uh luke responded i thought it was the bubble truck and mandy says i did too foam truck next month yeah the foam, <laughs> foam truck, truck is, is coming, coming next month. month and that's different from the bubble truck yeah because some? foam is like it's like this i don't know how to describe it texture wise it's different but yeah it just mm-hmm. blows foam all over the place right okay yeah I approve. Uh, and then uh, then she says, I wish you could hear the shout, or I wish you could hear the sound of 50 kids shouting, whoa, every time he makes a bigger and bigger bubble. They are riveted. These kids have never met in their lives. None of them know each other. But like simultaneously, right. they all knew what to do. Like every time mm-hmm. he would make a bubble that would impress them, all of them would just go, Whoa! Yeah, all of them in unison without any inhibitions. Nobody felt <laughs> silly. Nobody was looking around to see if they were overreacting. They were just in the moment. And then there's another picture, and he's got a, a, just this gigantic bubble that's sort of drifting away from him. And Mandy's caption is literally applause for this one. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They were like. <laughs> uh, and, Wait, I have a sound effect for that. Yeah. It sounded like this. <laughs> yeah that bubble's great well then she sent a uh she sent a, an audio i'm gonna hold it up to my thing and see if it'll if play it. It. see if it'll play it uh i'm gonna try but this is what she sent here we go That is, uh, that's the response to a bubble. <laughs> and then, uh, and then my favorite thing was towards the end. You, in quotes, I assume this, Mr. Scott said this. Yeah. Are you guys ready for the biggest bubbles ever? And Mandy goes, oh, they are ready. Oh, they are ready. <laughs> they are ready. Mr. Scott, they are ready. Mr. Scott, you don't even need to ask that question. <laughs> yeah. They were so they were so ready. hyped. And then Silas, my Silas, was called upon to go up to the front yeah, I saw and that. be put inside a bubble. He was totally ensconced in a yeah, soap bubble. He was part of the show. Mm-hmm. And and it was very funny because I thought to myself, as as Mr. Scott was looking around for his volunteer, I was like, he's gonna pick Silas. I know he's going to. <laughs> Why? Because, because he was on his tiptoes, but he wasn't like 
he wasn't like bowling over anybody or anything. He was just like making himself as big as he eager. possibly could. Well, he is big too. He probably has yeah. a little height advantage on the well, other. Well, uh, everybody else was sitting down and holding the, and raising their hands. But he was standing so up. He's standing up on his tiptoes, and his eyes are all like arched. <laughs> his eyebrows are arched. He's like, "Ooh, me!" And and I would really like Cammie, to do this. Cammy was sitting next to him, but she was not raising her hand. She was pointing to him. She's uh, like, big, "Him, him. He wants big to." Sister, and I'm like, "Yep, yeah, it's coming." Here he comes. Like, I'm watching him scan the crowd, and I'm like, yeah, he's going to pick Silas. And, and sure he enough, did. he did. And see, that's the difference between your son and you at yeah. that age. Because I never wanted to be in the you would never show. have volunteered to go up in front of people. No, why? I don't need to go up there. I have a better spot. I can see better what's happening. From well, you're also, you had some uh, <laughs> some inhibitions. You didn't like to, you didn't like to draw attention to yourself. Uh, still don't, but you can... If if someone was to ask you to go up and stand in a soap bubble, you would probably do it. I would do it if they asked, but yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't volunteer because yeah, I I actually prefer the vantage point of being able to see watching the show. Yeah, you like to see the show from outside the bubble. Yeah, not I inside. like to be. I, I came to watch a show, not to mm-hmm. put on a show for other people. Well, I wanted to bring it up for two reasons. One is the absolute joy that those children had just watching a dude blow bubbles and granted he had some tricks he had some special wands he had some he had some ways to make bubble blowing uh a little extraordinary but just they they were just so happy Mm -hmm. to be part of something so simple and that was the other aspect of it that struck me was that they had formed and you alluded to this earlier they formed a community they formed a little fellowship Mm -hmm. around that activity and that is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. They, uh, yeah, they all just knew what to do. Mm-hmm. They followed each other's lead, if that is they, possible. They all became in enraptured it was together. Hard to tell where one child's voice ended, <laughs> it's hard and to another tell began. Where the positive energy from one little child ended, and the next little child's energy. He took, took out like he's got these sticks that he holds out in front of him and they have like ropes on them because mm-hmm. he'll dip the ropes into the bucket. And that's and how you get the really huge. Yeah. Bubbles. He opens them up and then it makes a really giant ring. Yeah. And so, but one, he also had different kinds of string and things that he would dip in. So he had like a fishing net that he dipped in. And so that made a lot of bubbles. Yep, that's and then want. he pulled out this like chain. It's like a plastic chain, but the chain itself made a ring. And so he was like, what do you think guys? Is this going to make a big bubble? Or little bubbles. It made both, didn't it? It did both. And oh, <laughs> let me tell you. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you. We were you. not expecting that. They were prepared for an extraordinary thing, but I'm not sure if that they were prepared. Nobody was ready. For that one. For big and little bubbles at the, at same, the time. same time. No one was prepared. Yeah. So that, like, but that's, yeah. It, it made me think uh, about back when I was a kid uh, and how... Those sort of things were, I sort of remember the magic. I remember how, how thrilling it was to be a part of that and how uh, how much it requires to impress me now. And it makes me a little bit melancholy. You well, know? Like not I, totally. But, but at, the same, at the same time, observing the right, children. Right, yeah, right. I can observe the children in that moment. And I guess that, that does make it magical for me as well. Right. Now you... Now you have passed the torch. Mm-hmm. Now you have to appreciate other people appreciating things. And I think that's right. legitimate. I think that's that's why we have community. Because 
it's not just about me. And it's not just about the parents that were there. It's about everybody. It's about the whole group. It's about the community. Everybody right. was there for right. a different reasons. And that's it. And and people got, it was the same event, but people got joy from it for different reasons. Right. There were parents there who had like babies who weren't paying attention, mm-hmm. you know, and they just basically chased them around the whole time. Right. Little little ones who were crawling or trying to trying to go stick who their fists in the bucket. don't know how awesome soap bubbles are yet. Right. Right. And, and so why are they there? Well, they're there because they're doing the groundwork now so that in another three or four years, those babies... Those will, babies will be cheering loudly yes. for the giant soap bubbles. Right. You have to take them out into public and, you know, culture them and You've help them learn how them. to sit. Is that yeah. indoctrination? Yeah. Is that brainwashing yeah. of a sort? Yeah. yeah, it is. But that's what they're doing. You know, one one library event at a time, mm-hmm. one outing at a time, we're, we're showing the kids how they can how they can enjoy something like that. And then they will show their kids and right. and so on. Right. It was simple and it was joyful. I wasn't even there, but just seeing the pictures and those few commentaries that you made, mm-hmm. I got joy from that event. Mm-hmm. And, and again, foam truck next month. Foam truck, <laughs> foam truck next month, Carl. Stay tuned. Out we'll, we'll go. We'll give you an update. And by the way, the kids want to go to your house sometime soon and walk to foster park because we've been doing laps around different parks we've been exploring parks in kokomo and it's been a while they've been to that one before but it's been a while foster park is a great park to walk in because there's lots of different stuff to see well i mean there's a bridge there's a river the rounds i mean not necessarily laps but we've been going to different you're doing a circuit the circuit you're doing the park circuit we even found parks that we probably Probably aren't necessarily supposed to go to. Oh, you know what? There's a park. There's another park by our house that we can go and walk around, and it would be fun just to take some pictures of them walking around it because it's only it's only probably uh, forty feet to walk around the whole thing. Now it's less than that. The park. It's less than that. It's probably twenty feet to walk around. We found a. It's just a little. It's a little patch of grass with a tree and a bench in the middle of it. Right in the middle of the road, you know where it is. It's road? on the other side of the Cyberling Mansion. It's just oh. a little, a little plot of land, and it's officially a park. If does you it go- have a geocache in it? Didn't we find a geocache? Oh, I don't there? know if it does or not. That's ah. another thing we need to do is you go geocaching. But if you go to look at the at the maps of of, of the city where it shows where all the parks are, mm-hmm. that is listed as a park. Did you know that at this, nobody cares about any of this. We're just going to have conversations about Kokomo parks that nobody's mm-hmm. been to. Did you know that at um, Jackson Morrow Park, you know how that playground has mulch around it? And yeah. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Like, have you, have you seen, were you there when Tabby and I were talking about this? No. We've talked before about why they didn't. You and Tabby talked about the mulch. Yes. At because Jackson it's Morrow. weird. Like, because it's, it's jagged and like the, the stuff that contains the mulch uh-huh. is like, irregular and oblong and strange and like the park so it's dangerous mulch the playground equipment is over i mean like the area that the mulch is in like the actual area of Mm -hmm. where the playground is the playground's over here and then the mulch continues on for a really weird abnormally long amount of space and you don't know why and we're like why didn't they put more playground here and also why is this not a straight line it's like this weird zigzaggy kind of thing maybe they had just extra mulch and they dumped it it looks like that. It looks like it was an accident. You're not going to take it home, right? It You're not just going to parcel it out and have people take it home. It's actually intentional. 
Somebody told Tabby, oh, it's because the playground uh, looks like the state of Indiana. Oh, so from above, it yes. looks like the state so of So you Indiana. can do this, Carl. Like, if you want to go to Kokomo. If you have a plane, Carl, you can go over. Google. No, you can Google Kokomo, Google Indiana Kokomo and, and look for this, Jackson Morrow Park. Yes, do Jackson Morrow Park and then do the satellite version. Do satellite view. And you can and see. And zoom in. And you will learn what has taken me probably 10 years or more to know. We've been to that park dozens many, and dozens many and times. dozens of times. And I always just thought, this is weird. Why did they do this? It looks like it's haphazard and stupid. Like from the ground, it just looks uh, ugly. There's got, there's got to be, looks a, like the state there's gotta be a, a spiritual message in that. <laughs> How <laughs> you're standing, out. you're standing right in the middle of it and you're going, why is this like this? this? And weird. it's like, yeah. if you just change your perspective, if you just went up in the air, zoom out 50 feet, yeah. you would see, you'd see it better. You'd see the meaning. Yeah, it actually looks very nice from from mm-hmm. up top. It looks like they did some really careful it work. It looks intentional. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't on the ground it looks like a random accident. And even the from trees the air, it looks like the trees around it are positioned in a way that just makes it like it kind of like cordons it off. Like it makes it a corner. Mm-hmm. Give, the trees are like a- an angle that shape the Indiana thing and you can't every, see any of that from the ground every day i just become more and more proud of my city <laughs> so anyway why are we talking about this oh because the kids want to go to the park and we've been doing a lot of adventuring this summer and we're gonna go geocaching too yeah which i guess yeah we will and we want to camp in the backyard because luke bought a tent for christmas for the we family. need to we need to just we need to actually do that get it on the calendar and do it because otherwise the summer's going to be gone I and know. we're going to go hey we were supposed to do this thing i know uh all right, the other thing I want to do is read a letter that I got uh, yesterday. And this this is actually connected to a uh, effort party that we did. So we're going to have to put some context in this for Carl because he wasn't at the effort party. But uh, the effort party is something that happens after we do our Starving Comics quarantine show. And the members, the, the elite... Uh, members of the comedy clique can gather for what most people would call an after party, but I mistyped it and decided not to fix it. And so it's called the effort party. And we talk about all kinds of stuff. And last week we talked about comedy and women in comedy. Um, And I made the uh, somewhat bold proclamation that women in comedy are not fulfilling the purpose or the best purpose that God designed them for. That was my uh, thesis. And so I got a response. um, And it's I wasn't privy to the broadcast Sunday night, so I got it secondhand. Feel free to correct me, which I appreciate. I, I so appreciate when people say I'm open to correction if I misunderstand. Um, Some of the funniest comedians I know are women. Women that are so funny, we find ourselves quoting them time after time. To list a few, Angela Johnson, Carol Burnett, Vicki Lawrence, Mary Tyler Moore, Sandra Bullock, Joan Rivers, uh, Toddy Fields. Do you know who that is? Mm -mm. I don't know who that is. Rosie O'Donnell. Not really, just seeing if you were paying attention. Uh, Also, I guess you could say some of these women are masculine, but certainly not all of them because I had discussed at the effort party that comedy is masculine, and uh, in order to do comedy well, women 
have to take on somewhat masculine uh, characteristics. Basically, all, all of the funny women sound like men, was my thesis. Uh, all of these are not traveling stand-up comics, but funny nonetheless. As for not being able to handle traveling, I expect Sunny and Cher traveled extensively, and she was by far the funnier of the two. We have friends who are not stand-up comics by trade, but who should be. By the way, they are women. It's hard being on the road. I hate it, but every time I come home with a every time I come home with a story, I wouldn't have those stories had I not gotten in the car on a plane on a bus and uh, said to myself, "Life is not just about staying home all the time. Adventures are out there just waiting to waiting for me." So I grit my teeth and go. Hmm. Uh, by the way, this is a woman that wrote this. Oh. Um, oh, thanks for clarifying. There are also bed bugs. <laughs> there are also bed bugs out there and dirt and disease, but there's also life and excitement and new people and places. So don't sell us women short. We are tougher than you think. I love you, and I'm sure this is the is the last time that I will disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then don't tell your I mom. I hope not. Yeah, I hope it's not the last time we disagree. Um, right off the bat, I appreciate, I sincerely appreciate when people disagree with me and they write and tell me. Um, I, I really do. And I do not get defensive. I don't get angry. Um, I, I appreciate it. This is what, this is what friends do. Friends give themselves, friends give their friends a chance to explain themselves and, uh, clarify and so on. But I think that if I, if I know which friend it was that wrote this, Mm -hmm. I think I'm sure you do. You're referring to that. This is a person who traveled with the family. Yes. Yeah. And played the mom role the whole time. Yes. That was one of the things that I was going to bring up. Yeah. There is what I was talking about when I said women comedians are not fulfilling the role that God intended them to fulfill. I was talking specifically about women who go on the road instead of by themselves for the sole purpose of building their comedy career. That's specifically who I was talking about. I was, I was not trying to make the, the statement that women are not funny because I don't think that's true. Right. I think you're funny. I think Tabitha is funny. You know, I know that I have funny women in my family. Mm-hmm. And so that's not the case. Uh, but what I, what I am saying is that for a, for a woman to make it a priority in her life over having a family, over, over getting married, uh, having children, raising those children to be uh, followers of Christ, to, to pursue uh, a, a career in comedy where you literally travel all over the country and just try to make drunk people laugh is is not the thing that God wired up women to do. Mm-hmm. That's the point I was trying to make. Right. And I understand, I, I probably didn't make it very well because I tend to be, you know how I am. You know how I talk. Yeah. I'm a little sarcastic. I'm a little... Uh, I'm a little exaggerated in my speech. I say things like, well, this is preposterous because everybody knows women aren't funny. I, I may have said something your, like that. Your poetry is a bit clunky at my times. My poetry your is clunky. Your rhetoric could use some work. Yeah. And so uh, I, was, I was not trying to imply that uh, people like, and this came up, Kristen Weber, our friend Kristen Weber, Who was who's been on, on the podcast. Well, she's on the bonus content this week, like the bonus content that came out today. 
Really? It was the, from the Starving Comics show that she was on. So. Oh, that's awesome. So what, July, no, June 30, if you want to go to the Comedian Next Door episode from June 30th, which is today. You can, you can listen to Kristen. And yes, you can and hear Kristen, what Kristen has to say. Kristen is a single woman who has been doing comedy uh, full-time. I'm going to say full-time. She's been doing comedy full-time, so that is her, that is her occupation. But... At the same time, while she's doing comedy, she is uh, investing heavily in the lives of uh, young girls, basically. She's made it kind of her mission to big sister a lot of young girls. I believe she has devotionals that she's written and sells at her shows. Yes, right? For, she has. like, middle school. Several of them. Yeah, for middle school girls. Several of them. Yeah. And so her, it, it gets... It's not as cut and dried as I wish it was because uh, women like Kristen come along and she's also really funny. She's talented and right. she's funny. But I would but add to... She has an expanded ministry besides just Kristen Weber comedy. Right, but I, I would add to the part of the letter about, you know, I wouldn't have these stories if I hadn't gone out on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true, but you would have different stories. And I actually, I know for sure that the funny people, the funniest people, both men and women are funny regardless of what their environment is. Uh, And so there are lots of people who are very, very funny who are staying home, lots of women who are very funny who are staying home and telling funny stories about things their kids said and, you know, trips to the library for the bubble truck or, you know... Going to the grocery store and here's something funny that happened there. Lawn spilling milk. So you don't have to travel out of state to go find those funny stories. A funny person ends up discovering all of those humorous things happen in their own backyards too. If they're in their backyard, you know, (laughs) if you're in your basement, there's funny stories in your basement. Right. Well, (laughs) that's the that's the other thing that I think this particular person who we know pretty well, uh, yeah, is is not. I don't Maybe think she knows how funny of. she is. Right. I, I, well, I know she doesn't because she te- she has told me in the past, I'm not funny. And it's like, I don't think you're judging that properly. But yeah, this this entire family is prone towards stories. If you they're, say, they're prone to stories. They find stories everywhere they go. Right. It's like the statement that, you know, boring people get bored, but, mm-hmm. but funny people just discover humor everywhere. Like right. it's just who they are and it's right. what they do. And so, and it's absolutely true. I mean, it's, it's not a put down. It's not a put down to boring people. It's just that, that people who are always on the lookout for a story, people who know how to take a situation that's the most mundane, benign, right. uninteresting event becomes this fascinating story right. because they're able to see little details. They're able to see little things in, in common everyday life that is interesting. And they know, like they spend a lot of time with people, not, not just on the road, but also at home. And so anytime, you know, we're going to have people over for dinner sometime, maybe not this week, you know, maybe not even next week, but eventually we're going to be in a situation where we're going to be talking to people. So I'm going to file this away because it's going to come up, you know, and, and I'm going to have something to share by the way, this may be a terrible segue, but I'm dying to tell you this story. Um, <laughs> last week, you told us about your dream that you had where you were eating well, cookies. I dreamed about cookies, yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I haven't had that dream, but I'm still not eating sugar. Right. And 
So you're not eating sugar and you're dreaming about cookies. And we were like, we need to interpret this dream. I have got a dream for you to interpret. Really? I already told the the sisters about this because it had to do with them. Tabby, Marla, and Megan were all in this dream. Okay. And I did not, I don't remember most of it. Like it was a long dream, but I only remember this scene from it. And we were at a school building, I think. It was like a public event, and it was it looked like a high school hallway. Like, there okay. were lockers around and stuff. I was going to say, you're sure it wasn't a prison? Okay. Pretty sure. There were there are lockers in prisons, though. Um, so we're in this hallway, and all of our kids are there, and we're standing around, like, between activities. It seemed like there was a sports game going on or something, and we were in the hallway with the kids because they were getting restless, and they found these ants on the floor, mm-hmm. right? The kids are playing with ants. I know where that came from because yesterday – the kids were playing on the porch with bugs and there was this huge spider and I pointed it out to the kids because they were getting kind of restless. And I was like, Oh look, a spider. And Finley, who's not quite two yet. Right. Stands up, walks over to where the spider is, grabs her shoe and, and smashes, smashes it. it into the floor before anybody could stop her. Really? I wonder where she learned to do that. And I was like, Oh, uh, <laughs> that's not how I thought. That was going to go. That's not how I thought the baby girl was going to respond. I don't usually kill spiders in the in the yard because they eat bugs. And so I was like, that right. was my friend. And we usually let them. Yeah, we, I usually leave them alone when yeah. they're outside. She looked at me like, what? what? Like, that's how you do it. That's how you handle this situation. <laughs> and her mom, Marla, was like, yeah, we usually just smash spiders. We don't let them live. So Any, Anywhere that they are. So anyway, the, I dreamt about these kids, our kids, playing with ants that they discovered walking in this hallway and then megan who's my husband's sister luke the podcast ninja's sister megan she's she looks up at me in my dream and says oh no these ants aren't wearing trench coats (laughs) (laughs) and i said in the dream i and it seemed perfectly no no it did not seem perfectly normal i looked at her and i went what did you just say But she was totally serious. And she goes, yeah, last time, last year, we found an ant wearing a tiny trench coat. (laughs) And I was like, what? Seriously? And she goes, yeah, a black one, a long trench coat. And I just kept asking for clarification. Like, I just kept, no matter what are you talking about, Megan? No matter how much she told me this, I could not, like, wrap my mind around it. So... So it was perplexing because Megan was like, oh, yeah, we found an ant wearing a trench coat. And then yeah. and didn't even feel the need to to go on. Yeah, she yeah. wasn't weirded out by that. I was like, man, I feel like this. somebody needs to know this. Like, how would that even happen? And right. she was like, yeah, a black one, a long black trench coat. Mm-hmm. Had a trench coat And on. I just kept prying, like pressing her for more information. I was like, but, but what? And she goes, <laughs> last year. A long what? trench coat. And how? how? How would an ant walk in a trench coat? I can I understand if they were wearing a vest, maybe. Yeah, I had all uh, of those same questions muffler? as I was asleep. But Dream Megan was not offering me anything Any solution? to work with. Yeah. Okay, she let's see if we can figure out what that is. just kept repeating that there was an ant with a trench coat. Let's, let's was, interpret that. And she was like, yep, these don't, have a, these don't have any trench coats, but the one last year did. Does that... Does it secretly mean that you think your sisters are insane? Uh, I don't know. I I think it secretly means that I'm afraid something interesting is going to happen and I'm going to get left out because nobody <laughs> will tell you nobody what it will is. Tell me. Nobody seems to agree with me about what's important and what's not. <laughs> like somebody needs to know this. It's like 
Megan, you saw an ant in a trench coat and you're just now telling me <laughs> right, about it? Right. You're just it, now mentioning it? I think it was a combination of like the bugs from yesterday that were actually on the back porch and then JT Oaks uh-huh. telling us stories on Starving Comic Show all the oh, time. Oh, which are always That come killer. up and it's like, what? How are we just now hearing yeah, about this? This, is, this would be like at the very top of my list of stories that I always tell. Right. And I've known you for years and you're just now mentioning it to me. Yeah. Yep, it was just like that. It was like, oh, Megan had this crazy thing happen, and why? Why am I just now hearing this standing in a hallway in a in a high school? Why have you kept this from me? <laughs> uh, I I had a uh, comedy bit about that uh, where we we introduce ourselves with our names. You know, like we we say, hey, my name is this, and somebody else, oh, my name is that. Nice to meet you. Which is the which is the least interesting thing about us? Uh-huh. You know our names. And it would be, it's, it's hard to remember people's names because a lot of times there's no context unless you have a specific memory technique for doing it. It's just, well, it's just a name. Unless you're a fat guy who goes by tiny. Well, but that's my point. <laughs> that, yeah. but that, so that's what the bit is. I think it would be more effective and uh, it would just be better if instead of introducing ourselves with our names, we just we just blurt out an interesting fact about ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, I killed a bear with a spork. Right. And then people would go, what? Go on. Tell me that story. And then right. they're, so then they're engaged. And then at the end of the story, when you told them how you were able to fell a grizzly bear with a, nothing but a plastic spork, they would say, dude, what's your name? And when you told them, they would remember. That's how surnames came about, isn't it? That was originally what the surname was. You'd say your first People name. People would kill each other with plastic sporks? No, you'd say, I'm John Sporkson or something like that. And that would be... Bear sporker. Man, man whose father killed a bear with a spork. John Sporkson. And then... Well, we should go back to that. Yeah. Because also, my theory is that if somebody tells you like a really boring thing if they're like hey you know i i have i have a uh, i get tired at night i have a metal roof yeah <laughs> I, I get tired at night i get tired sometimes i get sleepy when I, <laughs> then you could go like you know what i don't need to know this guy's name i, I sweat I, when i'm hot <laughs> <laughs> I bleed when I'm cut. It's kind of hard to do this because if you say it too, if it's too stupid, it's actually memorable again. Right. Right. The dumber the thing you say now, the better it's going to be. People are going to remember you if you lead with that. (laughs) I'm I'm wearing a shirt. Yeah. I'm Amanda. I wear clothes. Uh People would not forget. No, they would not forget. That's Uh. true. But, but my point is that you say something other than your name. Any, almost anything, as you've just demonstrated, anything yeah. other than your name is more interesting than your name. And then that gives people the chance to decide, okay, is this the sort of person that I think I want to bother to memorize their name? <laughs> okay, Carl, email you know, us we've with got your a, name. <laughs> we've got a guy, <laughs> we've got a guy at church whose last name is Gremlspacher. You yeah. know, and it's like, you better believe that there better be, it better be worth my time if I memorize Gremlspacher. how to pronounce that. Yeah. Yep, but but again, it, in all seriousness, this was the point of having Can we a last name. Say anything name. in all seriousness now. But it's but like obviously some names are foreign names, and so if they're Russian or German or whatever, you don't remember, you don't know what they were originally. That's true. And meant have, for. do you do this with with uh, really difficult uh, foreign names? Like if it's a 
Russian names qualify, uh, some French names. Well, really anything that isn't derivative of the English language, if when you when you read that, do you just kind of go, eh, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not even going to try. Well, if I'm reading like Crime and Punishment, yeah, that's, there's just Russian name after Russian right. name in there. Right. And yeah, it was really hard to read that book because the, the whole time I'm struggling because I'm like, oh, I just want to remember this guy. And at, I can't even pronounce his name. At, yeah, and there's so many of them. You can't just be like, oh, the Russian guy, right. you know, in well, your head. It, I, That sort of happens to me with Old Testament names, yeah. you know, where it's an Old Testament name. It's like, you know, I hope this isn't sacrilegious, but I just don't, I just don't want to invest the energy to figure out how to pronounce this. I'm mm-hmm. just going to say it. And uh, if it's wrong, I don't know how we got here. Oh, you did it. You started it. We were talking about because women. We were talking about women comedy. in comedy, and you started talking about ants and trench coats. And well, because then you, you look that, back at it and go, "How did we get so far off course?" You said people can tell stories, yeah. like and and yeah, that's really what it boils down to. So men and women both have the ability to tell stories, and there are many cases where women probably Correct. are better able to tell stories because. They tend to have a better memory for. They tend to be more, more emotional. Verbal. They tend to be more emotional, which right. which is linked to memory. And then yes, they're more verbal. So yeah, when they come no to question. recall the story, they're actually better at, at describing it. Um, I would agree with that. But I think your point is that God gave them these tools. We have these tendencies for a particular reason, and for that particular reason is not to get famous and move to Las Vegas. Correct. Like, it's not. It's not yeah. to have a. Uh, it's not to have huge numbers of strangers uh, following your Twitter account and esteeming you and telling you how funny you are because that does not compare to the... uh, That's not as important a job as as raising children and forming a community. And nurturing your family, right. Being the center, being the matriarch of a community. They rally around stories. Like, that's... That's what people are drawn to. And so if if the mother is sort of the soul of the home or setting the emotional tone of the home, then, yeah, she needs to be able to tell compelling stories. Mm-hmm. And the kids need to want to listen to her on some level. Right. And, and, yeah. and I was contrasting. I needed to contrast this with another female comic. I'm not taking anything away from Carol Burnett. I love the Carol Burnett show. Uh, and uh, all of the other ladies that you listed, with the exception of Rosie O'Donnell, you know, I would go, I would go, yeah, they're they're funny. There's no question about that. That wasn't my point. Uh, and I would say that I, I I arrived at this position because I have a female comic in my head who's a young lady who used to be a Christian, identified as as growing up in a Christian home, and now she is on stage. Now she's on Conan, uh, Mm. literally mocking her religious parents Mm -hmm. and ridiculing the the mother and father. Right. uh, By name, the father, you know, her father, but her her mother by extension because her mother and father are one and they're her parents – but she is she is ridiculing the people that made it possible for her to stand up on stage and and ridicule them. Right. <laughs> and it's not attractive. Uh, it's not feminine. It's not godly. Uh, it's it's unholy. 
and it's also not fulfilling well but that that is what i was thinking about when i said there is there is so much there's so much more that she could be doing but she's not even aware of it in her mind she's she's making it she's on conan Right. You know, she's got a full travel schedule. She's she's standing up in comedy clubs and people are applauding her. And and that is what's that's what she wants and that's mm-hmm. what she's doing. That's how that's how she is succeeding. And you're saying that that's not fulfilling. You're saying you're saying despite what she says that she's not fulfilled? I don't have to say it. Somebody else said it. Many others have said it that that Nashville and Hollywood you know, LA are full of plate of people who are trying to make it. And then the day after they do, they want to commit suicide. That's, that's what, that's what was said. I think mm-hmm. was that, who said that? I think it was uh, Andrew Clavin, wasn't it? In his book. The that Great sounds like the sort of thing that he would say. Yeah. I, I may be misattributing that, but I'm, I think it was him and, and lots of others have made that observation too. The it's day like, after they make it, they want to kill themselves. Look at, look at the mental health status of people in Hollywood. I mean, just look at look at the people whose names you actually know who are on the charts for music or on the charts for you know best selling authors or um, they've got a TV show or whatever. Like, are they happy? Generally, it depends on who you ask. They they would tell you that they are. I don't they would, know they that would they present would present that they are. Well, you know what? Now that I'm thinking now about it, they don't. That's one of the things that this young female comedian does on her Twitter feed is talk about how unfulfilled and unhappy she is all the time. Yes, and but she says it in a joking way, and everyone goes, "Ha ha!" Isn't this funny? Because she's a comedian, but right. but she's telling the truth. Yes, and now now the thing is, oh, I'm expected to be happy all the time, or people think that just because I'm famous that I have this great life. But here, let me list my grievances. Like now. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now well, you got, what yeah. is it? The, uh, what's her name? The, the prince, the ex-princess. Uh, oh, yeah. Meghan Markle. Yeah, Meghan Markle, who, who literally did that. Went on went on Oprah and talked about how awful it was to yep. be a princess. Yep. <laughs> I know. She's a princess. That's the way that the culture oh, is headed so now. so hard. Victim, so terrible. When victimhood is power, then the people who are already in power also have to you know announce their victimhood and so yeah what does that say i mean what kind of hope what kind of message does that send to all of the little peasants out there who are hoping one day to become a princess well solomon <laughs> can you imagine how they- solomon said the same thing but the difference is that he eventually found his hope and his fulfillment in god and so he came around and realized like the lesson in all of this in is- ecclesiastes well that's what ecclesiastes is yes. that the be, uh, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The lesson in all of this is that it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be fulfilling here on earth because there's the there's heaven, there's God, and He's our He's our inheritance, He's our lot, He's you know the thing that we can count on. He's got everything all figured out, and what I'm actually doing is nothing. It's, right, it's meaningless. Well, and that is that that's kind of a paraphrase of Andrew Clavin uh, because he he, he has. <laughs> yeah, I guess. He has said that everything is funny now since right. he's since he's become a Christian. Everything is really funny, and, I, and that's what I think he's putting his finger on is just the absurdity of all of us trying to find some sort of significance. All of us clamoring to get people to notice us. Right. It's, it's just hilarious, right? Because but it doesn't work. Specifically, particularly, it's funny 
when somebody has the potential, the opportunity to get married and create literal human beings with their body and then teach them, raise them up with knowledge and impart your wisdom on them. Right. You have that opportunity. And instead you're like, no, I'm going to stay up all night and, and entertain these strangers. I'm going to, I'm going to get drunk with strangers Yep. and, uh, and probably take some drugs and I'm going to, I'm going to try to get on television so that even more anonymous strangers will be able to see me right. and appreciate me. And, right. uh, but, and, and yeah, it's, it's just a lie. It's all a lie. No, those people actually don't appreciate you. I was thinking about that this week that, uh, as, as the trolls, as the atheists show up on my page and berate me for, oh yeah, go for, to Facebook, Carl. Uh, go to don't, Facebook. don't, don't, don't unless you all, have a stomach what, for it. Thirteen hundred last time I looked. It's is that probably all it more is? Than that. I, I expected to be comments, more than that. Um, all declaring John's all worthless. Furious with me because I'm celebrating life. Yep. It's uh, it's un, it's uncanny. But I was thinking about. Most of those people showed up as a result of being uh, tagged, of being tagged right. from a couple of other atheists who've got three hundred thousand followers or something like that. That's where most of them came from. Right. So that person who's got three hundred thousand followers comes and makes some snide remark on my f wall, and then all of his minions come in. Well, all now of his it's been an hour now. since the last comment, so things are slowing down. Things are bit. slowing down. Yeah. yeah. It's time for me to say something pro-life again. Yep. Uh, and so, but, but what those people are, and they don't even realize it, is just, is just sad little, they're just sad little uh, uh, followers. They, they, these are people who they don't realize it, but, you know, they're, they're, they're tagging along. They feel like they're part of the community of this, right. this awesome but ACS. They've been reduced to attack dogs. They're but animals. they've been reduced to attack dogs. And yeah. if they were to say anything that, that was contrary to what this, uh, this leader, oh yeah, what this, if they and the rest said, of the mob. Well, but, but the rest of the mob by virtue of that. But if right. they if they contradicted their leader, he would not be. You know, they're so desperately trying. They tag him in all of their responses to me, and they re they they respond underneath his response, just hoping and hoping and hoping that he would acknowledge them. They'll give them a yeah. like. Hope I hope my my please, atheist demonic leader will acknowledge me. Let it's, us lick the crumbs from under your table. Yes, master. pat me on the head. Give me a virtual high five, please. It means so much to me. And they just don't realize that he does not care about you. Right. And that's the truth for virtually anybody that you idolize. Anybody that you idolize, myself included. You know, and I I I appreciate having fans, but I don't care about you because I don't know you. I don't know who you are, most of you. So we're out of time. But one of the things we should probably talk about in the future is we should probably revisit the idea of rhetoric because I was critical of rhetoric the last time we talked. I was and talking now you're going to be sympathetic to well, rhetoric. Well, I, I was going to talk about how we need to be using it for good, which I think may have been what I, what I was saying before. Tune in next time, Carl, while we revisit rhetoric. Yeah, it's... And it's good because that was what I was thinking, listening to all of these trolls. Like, I was like, man, they just don't even, they're not good with words. Like, they no. don't even have interesting ideas. They can't paint vivid pictures no. with their words. It's they're just not good numb. at insults. Yeah. You know, it would, <laughs> be, not good at it, it would be, it would be fun if they were actually somewhat clever and could come and insult me in some meaningful manner, but oh. it's just profanity. I'll give you the three. It's, you're supposed to be a comedian. You're not funny. Yeah, um, blah, blah. You're probably closeted. You're a gay man who's yeah, in the closet. Yeah, yawn. Uh, 
you're the reason and I left what's church. funny about that is accusing me of being gay like to try to hurt my feelings when they're supposedly advocates for homosexuality right. so right and you're you're not loving slash you're the reason i left church those right are the three all, all of them all of those just things ad nauseum the same repeat. comment over and over and over and over well and over and over. so okay we'll talk about that anyway carl uh blow some bubbles and uh spent some time and <laughs> laughing with your family look more closely at the ants on your porch looks and if you see any ants in trench coats <laughs> do not hesitate to send us an email uh, next door oh, at jumpbranding.com. I'm so glad I remembered that when I woke up. God is good I, for letting me remember <laughs> me that. Too. I'm super <laughs> glad you remembered that. Thanks for visiting the Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.